to episode 151 of Board Game Blitz, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to explain to your small child why their game was left out on the game table last night even though they didn't play it. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're talking about hit games. First, we discuss a couple games we played recently, Fire in the Hole and Stella Dixit Universe. Then, we talk about kids games that are great to play with just adults. And now, here are your hosts, Amby and Crystal. One quick announcement before we hop into the main episode. If you are listening to this the week it releases, here in just a couple of days is the monthly Tabletop Live Network Marathon, and we are part of this month's marathon stream. You all have heard us talk about TL in a whole bunch, but just in case you forgot, it is the Tabletop Live Network. It is a collection of streamers on Twitch who are dedicated to inclusion and diversity and promoting board game content on the Twitch platform. We do a 24-hour marathon at the end of every month. And this month, Ambie and I are very excited because we are doing a very special stream at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern on Saturday the 26th. And that is Chris Michaud, formerly of Flip the Table, is going to be hosting a live game show for us that he has created. He ins- he created the whole thing from scratch, like everything was built by him, and it's called Mall Night Long. It's a, uh, <laughs> we're going to go on an adventure through a shopping mall and play a bunch <laughs> of different games, and I'm super excited about it. Ambie, are you excited too? Yeah, and we've had practice going through malls together with Mall Madness. We have. We've played Mall Madness together multiple times now. So, uh, so yeah, we're stoked about that. Please come and join us for that. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. And uh, Chris is very excited about it as well. So join us for that. Recently, I got a preview copy of a game called Fire in the Hole. It is a game that will be on Kickstarter in March. So it's not on Kickstarter yet. But Fire in the Hole is a party game. It's for two to four players. It's published by Macmillar, which is a small queer-owned company, and they're making like party games and other fun games. And what, what really stood out to me <laughs> first is that this game is completely biodegradable, it says. Like 100%, there's no plastic in any of the packaging. So it got shipped. There was no like shrink wrap or anything. It's just made out of cardboard and like paper. That's cool. And like the, the laminate, it's not laminate finish. It's like uh, the water-based finish too, kind of like children's books, which I know some about because I've been looking into that. But um, yeah, that that's one cool thing. And then like the game itself is a pop-up board. <laughs> so th- this is a party game, like a dexterity party game. You're There's a pirate ship, it's pirate themed, and you're throwing these little felt balls. They're cannonballs. You're throwing them into this pirate ship that has like a grid of square-shaped holes. Uh, And so you're trying to connect four of your cannonballs up. It doesn't have to be in a straight line. It can just be like four in any orthogonally connected grid. And so you're throwing your balls into the ship. And so the board is a pop-up board. And then you put a mast in the ship and it looks really cool. (laughs) So on on your turn, it's really simple. You have a deck of cards and you have a hand of cards and you play one of your cards. The cards say things like, oh, you fire with both eyes closed or you fire with both hands or you fire with an eye patch on or something so it's like different ways of shooting the cannonball and then you have a die that um, you roll and it's either solo fire or all fire so you either you're the only one that throws it or everyone throws it at the same time they're they're balls yeah and then there's also cards that 
can do other things like there's a card that lets you take a card from another player or the card that lets you draw three cards and then play one of those so di different effects so we, we had fun playing it. it's really fun like throwing in and, and trying to get four in a row and i i we had a lot of fun playing when it was all fire more <laughs> so like we we didn't like the card card play and hand management part as much as just as like just throwing the balls into the ship so like we played it and then we played it again and decided to try not using the the card hand management and like just always doing all play too instead of um solo fire because like when we rolled the die it's it's two for solo fire and four for all all fire so like you should get more all fires but we were getting so many solo fires oh gosh <laughs> like, and, and so it's like we're always just like come on all fire and it's like oh no so it's just like sad when it wasn't your turn but I mean, it, it's a fun party game still and you can play however you want probably. But yeah, so we tried again with just like drawing a card and playing it instead of like having the hand of cards because for us also, if we we're trying to play strategically with the hand of cards, like that kind of made it take longer and we wanted to get to the throwing of the cannonball part because that was like the more fun part for us. So um, we, we had more fun playing without <laughs> the hand management and the die. But it was really fun. And then it's like pretty hard to get your balls in four in a row. Like it seems like it'd be easy to get four in a row, theoretically, because you just, you know, have to put them in order. But like you're throwing it in and then they bounce out. And then if other people, other people's balls go in the space next two years, even though they weren't aiming for that. <laughs> so like it's all blocked and stuff. Uh, yeah. So Fire in the Hole, it's a light, fun dexterity game. And it, it has a really cool table presence with the pop-up board. I post a picture of it on Twitter so you can see what it looks like. It's pretty cool. And so it'll be on Kickstarter next month, I guess. It's coming out in March. Uh, I'll have a link to the Kickstarter pre-Kickstarter pre sign-up page. I'm not sure what it's called, but there's like a... The preview page. Uh, preview page, yeah. They're, they're on their website. So you can check it out. So that's Fire in the Hole. Awesome. That does sound like one that like if I saw people playing it at a convention, I would immediately wander yeah. over and be like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I love the fact that it's all eco-friendly. That's mm -hmm. really cool. I know more board game publishers are kind of starting to move that direction. And it's really neat to see that happening. Mm -hmm. The game that I'm talking about today is one that I've already played a number of times, even though it is relatively new. And that is Stella Dixit Universe. So this is a new game from the creators of Dixit, designed by Gerald Catiot and Jean-Louis Robira. I butchered those names, I'm sure, but I wanted to give them credit. Stella Dixit Universe does bear some similarities to Dixit, which Dixit originally came out in 2008, which is 14 years ago now, and that kind of blows my mind a little bit. But this game just came out in 2021. In Stella Dixit Universe, you are all, uh, well... The theme, okay, in Dixit Games, the theme doesn't really, it doesn't really <laughs> shine through. I, it's yeah. not a criticism, it's just a fact. But you're trying to get the most points. And the way you do that is there is a grid of 15 cards laid out on the table. And if you've seen Dixit cards before, you already know what they look like. They are kind of abstract, weird, cool, like, you know, ethereal looking, like weird artwork, things that you wouldn't expect to be kind of put together or put together and just odd stuff in general. And it's beautiful, all very pretty. And of that grid of 15 cards, 
each round a uh, then a word card is going to get drawn that will say a random word on it so it might say moon for instance then each player secretly marks down which of the 15 cards they would associate with the chosen word so in this instance moon so you would look at the grid of 15 and you'd be like okay that card that card that card and this one I think those are all associated with moon somehow and there's no rules as to how you associate words with cards it's just whatever your brain thinks once all players have selected then you go around in turn order and each player reveals one of the cards that they selected if more than one other player also selected that card so three or more players total including the person who revealed it then all of the players who selected it get two points each if only one other player selected that card then the two players who selected it get three points each so that's the best way to score points but if no other players selected the card that you revealed, you are out of the round entirely, mm. which is can be kind of brutal. But it's interesting because because of that whole like you get an extra point for only matching with one person. You have those moments where you're like, do I pick the card that obviously everybody would have picked because it there's a moon on it, for instance, mm -hmm. or whatever? Or do I pick this other one that's a little bit less obvious, but I think somebody might have chosen it just to see if I can get that extra point? And then you uh, go around in turn order until basically everyone's cards have been revealed. And if you are eliminated from the round, your other cards are still in play for the other players. So when they reveal a card, if one of your other choices does match, they will get points based on that match. But you don't if you've already been eliminated oh. from the round. And if you were the player who chose the most cards at the beginning of the round, once you get eliminated, you get negative points for the uh, cards that you have left over. So it also incentivizes you to not go wild and choose a whole okay. bunch of cards because yeah, if you I choose the most, how many cards you choose? <laughs> you can technically choose up to ten of the fifteen. Oh, wow. Yeah, ten is allowed. Um, in most games I've played, which I've played it in, I've played a physical version once, and I've played it digitally on Board Game Arena now a few times. In most of the games that I've played. The number of cards chosen tends to go anywhere between, uh, like, on average, like, three and six. Like, that's the kind of where I tend to see most things lay um, when I've played this game. But, you know, there's always exceptions. So you go through that four times. There are four total rounds. And each round, you clear out one row of five cards from the grid of 15. And so each round, you have some new options available. And at the end of the game, whoever has the most points wins. It's really simple to learn, just like Dixit is. The artwork, of course, is gorgeous, just like Dixit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have those similarities where you kind of only want to match with one person and not everybody. It does not feel like Dixit when you're playing it, though, even though it bears those kind of mechanical similarities. So I, I can't say if you like Dixit, you'll like this because I don't necessarily think that's the case. But I really enjoyed this game anyway. I like the artwork. I like that it's simple. I like that it's quick to play. And I've been enjoying playing it on Board Game Arena as well as physical copy. So that is Stella Dixit Universe published by Libelud. Ambie, the game that you talked about today, mm -hmm. in my head at least, kind of sounds a little bit like uh, like a kid's game or a family mm -hmm. weight game, like one that you could get, yeah. you know, younger children playing. And our topic today is kids games, but not just kids games, kids games that are fun to play with adults, not mm -hmm. in, like, obviously you could play them with kids too, but I we want to talk about games that are in theory intended for children that you can enjoy even if children are not present. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and we actually know a lot of those don't we? <laughs> yeah i and i think that there's you know when we were kids board games themselves were thought of in the public sphere more as a kid's activity mm -hmm. than an yeah. anyone activity obviously you know in the 80s and 90s there were board games being released and marketed to adults but they were there were much less and they weren't marketed as heavily and mm -hmm. you know it was way more of a niche hobby for teens and adults to be playing board games than it is now so i think a lot of board games that were made for kids didn't have as much appeal for adults mm -hmm. you know I, i've i've had dis discussions with friends who have had to play board games with their kids and they play you know the old classic board games and they tend to be like oh my gosh they want to play Candyland for the 80th time and it's like <laughs> for the record i've said this on the podcast before Candyland does have value for color matching learning for young mm -hmm. children I dig digress. But like, I kind of want to tell those people, like, there are games that your kids can learn and enjoy and play that you can also have fun with. And that's, yeah. that's important. Although I think there is like an age limit. Like right now, my kids, the games for them are not games that I would just play with adults. Okay, yeah. Too. But like, uh, once you get to a certain age, the kids games get more fun for adults, I think. Because yeah, right now, I think a lot of the kids games that are fun for adults, like the one that I talked about, Fire in the Hole, it says ages six plus. It's a dexterity game. And I think a lot of the kids games that are fun for adults are dexterity games. And toddlers don't have very good dexterity. So there aren't many, like the dexterity games for them are super easy for adults. Like right. Rhino Hero Jr. is just like, oh, you stack this in order. And these huge things that you stack, six things. It's like, oh, yay. <laughs> but like actual Rhino Hero, not Rhino Hero Jr., yeah, there's a lot more stuff to stack and it's actually it's not like thick cardboard it's actually like cards that you're stacking so that's more challenging for adults right and then if you move on to rhino hero super battle you're creating this gigantic sprawling <laughs> behemoth of a card tower basically yeah. that can get really wildly out of control at times and i do think that a lot of the especially the dexterity games that are marketed to kids i think the reason that they can appeal to adults is because like even though your your ability to be dexterous changes throughout your life, like mm -hmm. we all have that, you know, that that moment where your hand is shaking and you're just mm -hmm. like trying to whatever. And it also, if you are going to play these games with children, it helps level the playing field to some degree because a lot of dexterity games marketed toward kids, the spaces that you have to maneuver in might be kind of small. Rhino yeah. Hero is a good example of that. Like when you have to place the rhino onto the, the flat card, that might be easier for a child than an adult because of the mm -hmm. size specificity. Yep. And so it kind of helps, like, obviously an adult might be more dexterous, but they also have larger hands that could theoretically <laughs> knock the whole thing over. Yeah. And I think adults tend to have shakier hands than kids. Like, well, kids have the problem with just being dexterous in general, but like, once they've got that down, I don't think their hands are as shaky. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So... so I think, so I have some examples of things, but what's the difference between a kid's game and a family weight game? Because at least for me, I think I kind of tend to use those terms interchangeably sometimes. Like I will refer to things that are probably a family game as a kid's game or a kid's game as a family game. Is there a difference? Like, is there a distinct difference between those two categories of games? I'm not really sure. I think in my mind, they feel different, but I also now think of kids' games as games for my kids, which are like <laughs> a right, lot the younger. Right, the little ones. And so, so I think sometimes I think of kids' games as games that kids can play that by themselves, 
like with that other kids sense. and then family games are games that kids would play with their parents so it family games are usually slightly more like longer and more involved i think that's just in my mind but. no that makes sense i would say no you kind of i think you hit the nail on the head i would imagine a family weight game is a game that a kid could most likely play on their own but they probably couldn't learn or teach it as easily like the mm-hmm. rules are more a little more complex or there's a little more going on and maybe once the kid already knows it then mm-hmm. that family game can be just a kid's game but just opening the shrink wrap and getting into it might require the help of an adult for instance mm-hmm. whereas like some kids games depending on the age of the child, I imagine you could just hand them off to a kid and they can just figure it out on their own. Yeah, if they can read. Right. (laughs) So are there any games in your collection that would be categorized as, you know, like more a kid's game that you like to pull out with a group of just adults? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Actually, like, so I, I have, oh, I have an even bigger shelf of kids games now. I have like three or four shelves or blocks in my calyx of, of kids games. But before I had kids, years before I had kids, I had a shelf of kids games. <laughs> and some of them were for playing with my nephew or something. But a lot of them I've only played with adults and hadn't played with kids yet. <laughs> so like, one of them is Click Clack Lumberjack, uh, which is a dexterity game where you're you're knocking down bark off of a tree so it's like there's these plastic tree barks that are circles with tree, or tree trunks that are like circle cylinder pieces that you stack on top of each other and then they have barks on the edge so like they, they connect together but then if you hit it with an axe lightly then the bark will fall off and you want to make the bark fall off but not the core fall off so it's like this big stack kind of jenga like i guess (laughs) it's a dexterity game but you're trying to knock off the bark and not the cores because you get negative points for the cores and i just have a lot of fun i've just played that with adults and had fun because like adults you're if you're trying to be like competitive about it you're just tapping it and then trying to get it so that other people will knock off the bark just like with jenga actually like i've played competitive jenga with adults and it gets the tower gets very unstable (laughs) it's like very difficult (laughs) and i think for me the reason games like jenga have appealed over the years playing them with adults is Mm -hmm. i mean also well if adults are consuming adult substances those (laughs) types of games can be fun for obvious reasons but even Mm -hmm. that aside i think they create moments of tension that you don't typically see in lighter games in lighter strategic games Mm -hmm. like you can you you might have more memorable moments with a dexterity game even if it's a kid's game just because Mm -hmm. like yeah when that tower gets really high and somebody somehow successfully pulls that block out and it doesn't Uh fall like everyone's waiting for it to fall too (laughs) yes like that's you know those stand up around the table nobody Mm -hmm. touched the table like it's a very (laughs) intense moment at times um but then there's other dexterity games that are marketed toward kids that you can actually play super strategically too Mm -hmm. uh i think ice cool is a really good Mm -hmm. example of that like technically you're just flicking penguins around a cardboard school trying to collect fish and that sounds like okay light whatever but you can get really good at flicking Mm -hmm. those weighted penguins around and i've seen people make 
ridiculous shot yeah. in that game. And so it's neat because you can play it just like flick, 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 whatever. Or you can get into it kind of like we do with Strike and you yeah. can turn it into something more serious. Yeah, I mean, I guess Strike is another one. But yeah, Ice Cool is also one that I've only played with adults. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never yeah. played it with kids either. <laughs> yeah, like, is it really a children's game? <laughs> well, and the makers of Ice Cool have a game on Kickstarter right now. I don't know how long yeah. the campaign lasts, but they have Iron Forest, which is mm -hmm. the game that was inspired by Ice Cool, but it's a multi-level thing with, like, catapults where you oh, vault gosh. your little weighted dudes up to the second level. Um, I'm super curious about that mm -hmm. one. I think it's probably going to be really neat. I had a few other dexterity games on my list of things that I either own or play, or love to play. Um, and they, I would say they are kids games, but I've never played them with kids. Things like <laughs> Loop and Louie or Loop and Chewy, mm -hmm. Suspend from Melissa and Doug, which like that's a Wait, kids Melissa toy and Doug is a kids brand. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> a kid brand. They made Sus okay. Yeah. Yeah. Suspend came from them. Uh, oh. Animal upon Animal. Honestly, we could put a whole bunch of Haba games on this list. Haba does yeah. a really good job especially in the games they market for like around that six-year-old age range, like mm -hmm. you said, not the ones for like two-year-olds, but <laughs> they do a good job of creating games that have interest for adults and kids mm -hmm. alike. So yeah, another one, like Dancing Eggs is another Hoppa game that, oh, yeah. that one's really hilarious to play with that adults. That funny, yeah. Because <laughs> it's much harder for adults than it is for kids to keep those eggs in certain areas. Like you have to like put an egg under your chin or between your <laughs> knees and then like yeah. run around the table. And it's so funny to watch adults do that. <laughs> And another one I put down was Bermuda Pirates, which is the game where you're pushing a little ship along a board, but there are magnets in the board and you don't know where they are. And if your ship hits one of them, it tilts forward super quickly and dumps its cargo into the ocean. <laughs> that one is super fun. I really like Bermuda Pirates. That sounds cool. But yeah, is there another category? So we've talked about a bunch of dexterity games, but though that's not the only type of children's games there are. Correct. There are a bunch of other <laughs> yeah. children's games. I uh, I think some memory games um, are fun. I found a lot of adults tend to not enjoy memory games. Mm -hmm. That's partially because I think as we get older, our memories <laughs> tend to get sucks. worse. Yes, um, it's true. Which can also make, again, memory games fun to play with adults and children combined because yeah. sometimes kids are really good at memory games and you're like, oh, this will be easy. Nope, the kids have got it all over you. Some kids games are real-time games, which is a category of games mm. that I know you like, Ambi. Uh, yes, I like speed speed and real-time games. Um. Yeah, so we uh, we played uh, a game together at BlitzCon a few years ago called Monster Match, where you roll a die and then you have to claim a monster from the table that matches the condition on the die. So it might say mm -hmm. three eyes, for instance, or you know two hands. And then you look at all of the cards that are out on the table and you don't know how many monsters are going to meet those conditions. It's different every round. And that makes it interesting because it's not like... In some, you know, like speed games where you have to pick a thing, it's like there's only one of it out there and once somebody mm -hmm. gets it, it's gone. But in this game, theoretically, everybody could score points in the same round depending on how many monsters are out on the table. So that makes it neat and a little less mean, I would say, than mm -hmm. some other games like that. Yeah, and then Ghost Blitz is a speed game that we, we've talked about on the podcast before because it has Blitz in the title. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, my kids actually are, are they, they like that game. They don't know like all the rules yet, but I, I've started getting them to match like the cards when they match the pieces Aww. so they can grab the piece. <laughs> That's super cute. But they don't like... They don't understand the whole concept of exact matches yet. So they see like the blue chair and they're like, oh, chair. Right. <laughs> even though yeah, the chair no, that is makes red. Sense. 
but yeah. So I think even like young kids can do speed games kind of like grabbing matches because they're really good at finding matches and like just finding details of things. Like they see details that I don't see a lot of the times. So yeah, they're, they're really good at finding matches and stuff. And so like simple speed games, I think even toddlers can do. Yeah. And I think that can be why those games are also fun to play mm-hmm. with just adults, because sometimes adults yeah. are really bad at it. And you've got yeah. a whole table full of people staring at a sea of cards yeah. and nobody's like doing anything. It. <laughs> yeah, because they're just like, like skimming over the part that we want. Yeah, like, where is the gosh darn thing that I'm supposed to find and can't find it anywhere? <laughs> then a kid walks by and is like, oh, there. <laughs> right? Yes. Like, that is definitely what happens. <laughs> We've talked about some other games on the podcast before that would definitely fall into the category of games we'd like to play that with adults that could be for kids. Uh, Igloo Pop, I think, is a good example mm-hmm. of that as well. Yeah, you and I both one I have. love that one. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's shaking igloos and trying to figure out how many little beads are inside of them just by mm-hmm. the sound is, like, a really silly concept. But every time I've taught that game to people, they really enjoy it. Yeah. Any other games in your collection that are faves of yours? I'm trying to think. I guess this is more in the family weight game that I think of, but games like Stuff Fables and I guess the new Familiar Tales, those are like geared towards children, but they're like yeah. children's story campaign games and adults can play them and enjoy them. Like adults who like the story of and playing with cute, <laughs> cute kid story things, like people who like Disney movies. <laughs> well i uh i actually got a shipping notification for familiar tales not oh, yeah. too long ago so it should oh, be arriving yeah. soon i move maybe i'll take it to dice tower west with me and see if somebody wants to like play through the first or scenario or something i'm excited about familiar tales i have not played stuffed fables mm-hmm. but i have a lot of the other storybook games or i've played a lot of the other storybook games so i'm excited yeah, about yeah. that one but yeah, that's definitely more family weight for sure, like you uh-huh. said, because you a kid couldn't like learn yeah. that one on their own unless they were much older. Mm-hmm. Well, we would love to hear from our listeners what kids games you own and you bring out, uh, you know, even when the kids are asleep or not around that you enjoy to play with your friends or family members who are not children. Tell us which ones we're missing that we haven't named that we should pick up and add to our collections. <laughs> and yeah, I'm excited to hear what you all have to say. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, BoardGameBlitz.com, for video and blog content, as well as to get links to all our social media pages. This episode was sponsored by Gray Fox Games. The game found campaign for Last Light is getting closer to launching, so make sure you visit LastLightGame.com now to learn more. And don't forget you can get 20% off non-exclusive items at GrayFoxGames.com when you use the code GFGBLITZ2022 at checkout. Gray Fox Games. Quality games, cleverly crafted. Join the Blitzkissier community on Discord by following the link in the show notes. You can support the show by leaving us a rating and review on your podcast provider. And if you want behind-the-scenes access and invite to our private Slack channel, visit patreon.com slash boardgameblitz. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Mott. Technical support provided by Toby Mott. Board Game Blitz is part of the Dice Tower Network. Until next time, play that children's board game, my friend. Play that children's board game now. Bye, everyone. Bye.